And he said, why wait till you retire? Do it now. When you look back on your life, you'll never look back and wish that you'd had cleaner toilets. I learned that in stillness, I can find myself, I can find my story, I can find my truth, and I can influence what I can influence and leave the rest to whoever. I was put on this earth to help other people find their own stories and go and live out their lives. Hello, and welcome to Shiny Objects. I'm Jamie King. And I'm Elise Mason. We're founders who also happen to be cousins and best friends. After over a decade of working together, we're pulling back the curtain and getting raw and real about the messy business of work and the reality and sometimes fantasy of what it's like to be your own boss. Hi, Elise. Hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited today because we have a very special guest joining us. Hi, Francina. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. I always love getting to chat with other women entrepreneurs who are doing super awesome things. And I just can't wait for everyone to hear your story. Before we dive in, I think it's only fair that we we put Francina through the unimportant, important news segment. (laughs) (laughs) At least for me, having unimportant, important news every time we record, it's a nod to the times that we're in because everything feels unimportant, important in a weird way. Um, (laughs) My whole brain, you guys, has been around moving. My husband and I are first time home buyers and we bought a home awesome. and we get our keys on Sunday. So I have been, thank you. I've basically been knee deep in uh-huh. boxes and moving. And I'm saying that because my unimportant, important news today, I think people who know me well will laugh at. I just upgraded my phone. I got an iPhone 12 and I was very excited to have a nice new camera and all the bells and whistles. And I spent a really long time at AT&T doing that. It was a painful AT&T visit, like the most painful visit. But I got the phone. I walked away. I traded in my old one. And then about three weeks later, as in last night, I was teaching class, coming home, and my phone is literally just shining the Apple icon at me. It won't turn off and it won't fully turn on. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is my life. This happens. I can't make this stuff up. So I'm super frustrated. I come home, have dinner with my fam and I'm so distracted because I'm just like, what is going on? I can't not have a phone. And then I'm Googling on my husband's phone, trying to figure out like when AT&T will close. So anyways, I had to race down there last night at 8 PM, totally didn't pack stuff. I had all this stuff planned that I was going to get done, like missed my son's bedtime, just all of the things. And spent like another hour and a half AT&T last night. And basically they were like, I think the person set your phone up wrong. Sorry, you're going to have to go through and just like individually delete a bunch of stuff. Like he duplicated all my content. So my news is I am still that person who technology just doesn't, it just never works out the way it's supposed to for me. I am the hardware failure queen. (laughs) 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 The time wasted. Oh. the time wasted not even the pandemic can crush your black thumb nope it's still here <laughs> so that's oh, me. How frustrating that's my news I had all these videos that I was supposed to have done today for 
work content and I will not have them done because my phone will not record anything at the moment. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is my thing. Yeah, I had a nice time waste of last night. How about you guys? What's going on? I hope it's more pleasant than mine. I have three random things. One is I, I had my birthday on the 6th of March, just this past month. And Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> and one of the intentions I set for this coming year is to move my body in a way that's fun. Because I buck at the whole working out in certain ways regimen. Some people are like, oh, you got to go to the gym. We'll get a trainer, lift weights. And that's just to me, is very, I love yoga because I love sort of the free flow and acceptance of where you are and moving in the confines of what your body can do. And so I started jump roping and hula hooping and it's quite a workout. I literally pick five songs and I jump rope until the five songs are done because it's 15 minutes of cardio. And then I grab my hula hoop and I go for five minutes with that. And then the other random third thing is I've always wanted to play the bass guitar And so this past week, I picked up my bass guitar three times, and that felt like a win. That is awesome. I am a horrible hula hooper, and I have a chip on my shoulder about hula hooping because Elise and I are cousins. So ever since we were kids, she has always been a really decently good hula hooper. And she beat me in this summer camp contest, and I can't let it go. (laughs) (laughs) She just totally outshined me in the hula hooping. So I think I don't hoop because of that, because I still carry this chip on my shoulder over summer camp. (laughs) I have a weighted hula hoop that my kids got me for my birthday several years ago. And I think it's different than the regular like plastic hula hoops. That the, mm-hmm. So it's like a padded weighted hula hoop. And I found that's a lot easier to keep going. I don't do any fancy tricks with it. I'm learning some like jump tricks with the jump rope, but cool. just, just keeping the hula hoop from hitting the ground is good core workout for me. And I get yeah. to listen to fun music and I can do it with my kids, which that's so fun. is a win. I always wanted to be able to do the twirl around my legs, but I cannot. And I, so (laughs) you're not alone. Just keeping the hula. I'm absolutely going to steal that idea from you because what a fun way to get moving and to have it feel like play. Oh my gosh. I'm so inspired. I love jump roping and I love hula hooping. So thank you for that idea. As soon as I start jump roping, I feel like a kid. My unimportant, important news is that I collected all of those things in my closet that I like, but just need a small adjustment, like maybe pants need hemmed or I need a button fixed or all those little things that keep you from wearing your clothes that are so simple if you would just take the time to fix it. And I took them to a neighbor's house who works as a seamstress on the side. And she's going to make all these little alterations. I'm just going to get all of it done so that when I start wearing real clothes again, if I ever start wearing real clothes again, (laughs) everything's ready. And I'm so proud of myself for just executing on that after who knows how long of being like, oh, I can't wear those pants because they're too long or whatever. That's amazing. Um, I, I love that. that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a list right now because <laughs> I needed to hear you say that out loud. It's all those silly little things that create friction that you're like, why don't I just do this? Why don't I just take care of it? Other than all of our hula hooping and pant hemming and AT&T woes, <laughs> me, <laughs> Francine, friends, we're so excited to have you on. And before we jump into the nitty gritty of today, why don't you tell our listeners who you are and tell us about Be Still Tea? Yeah, as my name is Francina, and I am originally from Zimbabwe. I was born and raised there. And I think in a lot of ways, 
identify as an African woman. I came into the United States in 1997 to study physical therapy. So I'm actually a physical therapist by training. And I am married to a wonderful man from Poland. And we have five wonderful children, two girls, three boys. My first four are by birth and my youngest is by adoption. And we've moved all over the country, mostly because of his job, because he's a scientist and have lived. We met in Indianapolis, lived in L.A., Washington, D.C., Oregon for eight years, which is the longest we've ever lived. And I think the place that our kids feel like was home for them. And now we live in Southern California, which is a dream come true for me. It was almost like a homecoming because the first time we lived in California, I loved it so much because it was the only place I'd ever been in the U.S. that reminded me of my own country. They have the same trees and the vegetation and the sun awakens my soul, if you will. And so moving to California, I felt opened up the the door to connection with my dreams, if you will. And be Still Tea was the thing that I'd always wanted to do. It was several years before we moved. I didn't even know the company was going to be called Be Still Tea, but it was connected to part of it was the story of me going through a really dark time in my life and was suicidal. And at the time, only had four children. And I remember going into an intensive therapy and I was going to therapy probably three to four times a week. And as I was coming out of it, I remember telling my husband, when I get out of this, I'm going to get a tattoo that reminds me to never allow another person's issues with me to cause me to want to end my life. And the words were be still because I learned in that dark time that there can be so many hard things that come into your life and circumstances that are completely out of your control. And I realized in that dark time that there was nothing I could do to change the perception of the people in my life that I wanted to see me a certain way, or I wanted them to hear my truth. They didn't want to hear that. And that's what was making me spiral. And so I I learned that in stillness, I can find myself, I can find my story, I can find my truth, and I can influence what I can influence and leave the rest to whoever. So really that's how the be still thing came. I got my tattoo somewhere in Northeast Portland. And that was about a year out of that. And on the other side of my be still tattoo is a lotus flower. And I got a lotus flower because lotus flowers are the only flowers that grow out of mud. And I felt like out of my darkness, I found myself, I learned to be still and my story continued. And so I remember it vividly. I was driving to therapy and I knew that the lotus flower part of my tattoo was going to be part of my logo because it looks like a teacup. And simultaneously, I was driving somewhere with my husband and I mentioned to him that when I retire, I want to sell tea. And he said, why wait till you retire? Do it now. And so that was the beginnings, if you will, of me thinking outside the box of, oh, you went to school to study PT, but maybe you can do this other thing. So we moved to... California and things began unraveling, if you will. You can find me at Be Still Tea on Instagram and my website, bestilltea.com. That's incredible. What an inspiring story. You took a situation that could be so, I don't know a better word, but a, a more negative situation, and you turned it into something that is now such a positive, and that's so amazing. And I'm glad that you've stepped out of that that darkness that you were in. I'm glad to yeah. hear that. Thank you. Yeah. I am too. 
Yeah. And you have such an, an incredible story already. I love hearing all of the places you've been and you've lived. And also, I'm just, I'm so in awe of that you're a mother of five and you also have started this business. Um, I think I struggle most days to get by and I just have one, at least when I vent constantly. <laughs> she has two, I have one and we're always like, ah. So as your as your business has gotten go like gone going and your husband, he's a scientist, and so I'm assuming he's also working. And yes. what is there, what do you do? What do you do to find harmony with it all? You have to let some things go. I think that you cannot go into something like this and have preconceived ideas about what you think it's gonna look like. Or like you have to have like really laser sharp focus about what is really important to you what your goals are and what you hope to accomplish at the end of it all. And for me, I had to let go of things like having a really tidy house that just, I can't do that. I, I remember a mentor once said to me, when you look back on your life, you'll never look back and wish that you'd had cleaner toilets. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take that. and I'm going to run with it because I know my kids are never going to look back and think, oh my gosh, our house was always so disgusting. My kids are going to look back and they're going to remember the memories we made and the times we laughed and what we did. And so I, I made it a goal for myself to just always have fun and try to bring fun into the things that I'm doing with them. When I am talking to them, doing my best, I don't always do this well, but doing my best to let them feel seen, because I think that that's a really important thing. I think for any human, I think that's the greatest gift to feel seen by people, essentially. And as a mom, I feel like that is my gift to my children to know that they were seen at home first and celebrated. So yeah, and then weaving business into it, it's really interesting because my business is part of my story, really. And it doesn't feel like this other thing I'm going to do. It's like an extension of my life, if you will. I'm just simply sharing parts of my life with people. And I have a really cool uh, a lady that I follow. Her name is Jessica Honiger. She always says that we teach what we need. And so I'm here sharing about stillness. I'm sharing about tea because I need it in my life. I am not by any means a master at it. I sort of like anyone else can get up in the cogwheel of busyness. And I know that modeling that for my children is a way greater and more important teacher for them than me simply telling them stuff. So letting things go, being present with them when I'm with them and making sure that what I'm doing with my life, what I'm doing with my business is in alignment with the values that I want my children to live by. That's so wonderful and inspiring to me as a, a mother and a business owner. My kid is about to turn three, my first and only, and he's still pretty young. So I'm still very much figuring that part out, that harmony yeah. with everything. And yeah, and I love the idea of just making the time that you spend the most quality versus trying to, I don't know, I think there's this essence of you must multitask at all times. And I've really tried to let go of that sort of attachment to the multitasking at all times. And it does make a big difference in the things that the quality time we spend together. I notice this, this sort of attitude shift and the happiness factor. And yeah, so I think that's really inspiring. I just wanted to add too that I don't want people listening to this to think, oh my God, she's got it all figured out. Because <laughs> when I started Be Still Tea, I did not even really give any thought to social media. 
as part of my business plan. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to do tea parties and we're just going to, you know, focus on the local people. And that was my plan. And then the pandemic changed it all and I was on social media. And so being on social media, you're on all the time. Like someone comments, you have to respond. And my artistic brain sees art in so many places. And so it's like, I could be sitting in the cup, sitting on the counter. I'm like, oh, that's a great shot. I can put a caption with that. And I'm taking a picture. And the Sunday I was doing that, it was breakfast time. I was taking a picture and my eight-year-old looked at me and he said, mom, why are you on your phone all the time taking pictures? Look around us. We have all this nature. This is the art right here, mom. Stop being on your phone. And he actually said to me, when you're on your phone all the time, it really ticks me off. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was so humbling because here my kid is using his words to tell me that he doesn't want me to be on my phone all the time. And so I want to share that story for people to know there's no unicorns over here. I'm failing at other things as well (laughs) as everyone else. And grateful that my children have the courage to tell me that, mom, please don't be on your phone all the time. And so I'm trying to make adjustments to that. It's a learning process. And there is no sort of gold star at the end. So don't look at me like, oh my gosh, she's so great. I'm not that great because I had my eight-year-old tell me that I'm on my (laughs) phone all the time. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's one of those things that's like, I think we can all build off of each other and just, it's a way to give ourselves more grace in every situation. And also I think what it always allows me to feel is, yeah, everybody has to make space for things to happen. And I think the thing you said about clean toilets, I had a nice giggle at because I, I always say, anytime anybody says to me, I don't know how you do it all. And I'm like, I do not. There are things that I let go. And one of those things is certainly my house. <laughs> um, that's why I was like, yep, I yeah. get that. <laughs> that is not my main priority. Yeah. And yeah, so I always <laughs> tell people the same thing. Don't look at me and think that I, I had someone comment once like, I want to be you. And I was like, eh, it depends on the day. <laughs> and I'm fully joking. I don't think anyone should want that. But I was thinking like, you have no idea. And everybody has the things that they prioritize and they feel that are more important to them. And I'm always trying to find that balance in my own life. And sometimes I fail and sometimes I succeed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which it sounds like we're all on that same page. What is the most exciting thing to you about selling tea? I love tea. First of all, I call myself an emotional tea drinker, which is I like to drink tea and specific tea based on the mood that I'm in. And I believe for me, that practice allows me to connect with where I am that day and really listening to myself. So if I'm feeling sad, I may feel like drinking a chai because a chai makes me feel like home. Or if I'm feeling particularly happy, I may drink a tea with hibiscus in it or a really fruity tea because that makes me feel joy. When I first began drinking tea, I used to say to my husband, I love tea because tea wakes you up so gently. It's Mm. like, good morning. How are you this morning? Did you sleep well? And it just lovingly wakes you so gently and so slowly. And coffee, on the other hand, for me was like an angry screaming, (laughs) like it's got that bite to it. And it's full adrenaline, like right away. And I just love the gentleness of how tea sort of wakes you up. And depending on the the tea you drink as well, like a black tea does that, oolongs will give you a shot of caffeine for a longer uh, period of time. And it's it's more a gentle, sustained caffeine high that you get from that. And so it just depends like on what tea you want to drink. I love greens. So 
I love the versatility in tea mm-hmm. and how you can take yourself on a journey and that tea makes you stop. Like the process I found of making tea very meditative and mm-hmm. scooping the tea leaves, putting them in your steeper, watching the water boil, pouring that water, and then waiting for it to cool as it steeps and then smelling it and just being present in that moment. Like drinking tea on the go doesn't feel the same as just sitting and really being present with your cup of tea, if you will. And so that's the thing that drew me to tea because during my own struggle and my, when I struggled with suicide, that was one thing that made me stop and I looked forward to it. And then by extension, it helped me to connect with others. So like my husband and I began a practice of drinking tea together in the evening. And it's always the thing, what do you want tonight? It's, oh, we can choose this tea or that tea, right? And so it gave us a way to space for each other to be present with one another and to be present over a cup of tea. So that's why I chose tea. I Sorry. love that ritual. That's yeah. so lovely. I forgot the other part of your question. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I this was that was wonderful. I was just yeah, I was listening to it and just going, love this. I think you answered actually I think you answered all of it really. But I was gonna ask you a question. You just talked about all these different teas that you like and, and all the different ways that you like them and why. And I was thinking the whole time, like, maybe this is really taboo to ask, but I'm going to ask anyway. Is it like, is this like picking, telling someone your favorite child? What is your, <laughs> if you had to pick one, what is your very favorite tea? That's a really hard one. Yeah. It's picking my favorite child because <laughs> I, I actually can't pick a specific one because it's dependent on how I'm feeling. So Yesterday, for example, Comathy was the one I needed because it's my chamomile blend and I was feeling really anxious and stressed. And so that was my favorite that night. So it just depends. I can give you the teas that sort of, because uh, I had someone call me yesterday who's trying to select uh, some teas for gifts for someone. And I was like rattling off all these teas and I'm like, wait, but that's my favorite, but that's my favorite. So I would say, okay, if I'm going to have to pick I can't pick just one. I think it would be a couple. The first one is Paradise. It is a tea Mm. that a dear friend of mine brought me as a gift from Sweden. And I drank that tea. It's probably, oh gosh, maybe seven or eight years ago. I drank it at her house. And I was like, oh my gosh, when I find the courage to start this business, I have got to carry this tea. And it's like, a small family in Sweden that makes this blend. And every time she'd travel, she'd bring it to me. And so I Googled the company and I literally called the guy who owns the company and said, I'm starting a business and I would love to carry your tea under my label. It stopped me in my tracks. So I would say that one and Comathy is the other one that is named after someone who's really special to me. And it's someone who taught me how to be calm. And I just, Yeah, there's so many elements of, because I've had chamomile teas before, but this particular chamomile doesn't taste medicinal because sometimes chamomile Mm. to me can taste a little medicinal. This is just smooth and lovely and just a wonderful way to calm yourself at the end of the day. So I would say maybe those two, but really you've cornered me here because I could (laughs) tell you about more than I love. (laughs) I love it. I think that's great. I know I had a feeling it was going to be a difficult 
answer. And so that's why I was like, I wonder what's going to happen if I ask this question, but yeah. I love it. And I'm now very inspired to try both of those. That's why I love to know because I'm like, if you have a couple favorites, then I definitely want to try them. Yeah. Is there a particular moment so far in your business that's made you like celebrate in a big way, any accomplishment, big or small that sort of made you feel, I guess, validated in the risks that we all take as entrepreneurs or just made you feel really, yeah, like on top of the world, like that this is going to be something and it's working. <laughs> yeah. So it, I think my answer may surprise you a little bit because it's not something that's like cataclysmic, if you will. There's a couple moments. The first is having regular people cheer me on and write to me and tell me about how uh, my story has touched them and inspired them. It makes me teary even just remembering this. I remember it was like probably within the first couple months when I started and I got a card in the mail. And and one thing, you know, so about my business is I don't run my social media platforms the conventional way in terms of Be Still Tea is the story of of my journey into stillness. And I share a lot of different things. Some of them are tea, some about mental health, some about adoption. And I stay connected to what's happening in society, things that affect me. And I remember it was back during when the racial upheaval happened in the summer. And I felt like as a brown woman, I really, a, a big part of me was so broken and awakened again, because I feel as brown people, we walk around the earth with a lot of our emotions pushed down and not like feeling a lot of stuff. And at least that's how I felt. And that whole experience when George Floyd died and all these things were happening, it brought all of that pain to the surface. And so I started sharing on my social media about my own story and I created a YouTube uh, video. And that's the only thing I have on my YouTube, actually. It's this one conversation I had with a psychologist friend of mine, a therapist friend of mine, where it was part sharing my story, but part as an education to people who wanted to grow and learn. And as I was sharing all of that, I got a card in the mail from someone who just thanked me for being me and thanked me for sharing my heart with such authenticity and cheering me on and telling me how much she loved my tea and that she was going to share that with people. And that stands out to me. And I have that card still on my work desk. And, and it's countless people, just regular people that just write me DMs and, and thank me for what I share and what they're learning and how they're growing in their lives. Because I feel like it's so easy for people to follow if a celebrity were to endorse me and say, oh my gosh, this is so great. And then everyone just goes for it because someone important said it. But when regular people cheer me on, regular people who are don't need to, because the world is right. so open, you can choose anybody, but they follow me and they relate to my story and share and then take the time to tell me that what I said or how I said it resonated with them. That for me is a win. I feel like I've succeeded in my business because my heart is to inspire people to find their own lives, just like I found mine. Because the way the world is set up, we're just so accustomed to getting all this feedback from external sources that does not really encourage us to go internal and validate who we really are and what our dreams are and what we really want to do. I would say that's a big win. And win. yeah. And then I think the other, this is a random thing because you know how social media is with followers, but I got followed a couple of weeks ago by Latasha Morrison. And I don't know if you know her, but she wrote the book, Be the Bridge. 
and wow. is just such an incredible woman. And just, yeah, I just, I, I was so honored that she chose to follow me. And she educates people on how to bridge that gap, how to create bridges in the conversation of racial justice and just the racial conversation in general. Her book is just incredible. And so that felt like a win wow. for me. If you had to hand pick without ever asking her, if you were just going to send Latasha a tea of your choosing, what would you send her? I would send her the two I told you. I'd send her comathy and I would send her paradise because I love it. the comathy would calm her and the paradise will take her to another world. I love that. I love it. I think all of those, those highlights are absolutely worth celebrating and happy dances. I know that we're always looking as entrepreneurs for those wins that may not even be a straightforward business win. Most of the ones that I ever imagine as wins for myself aren't. It's always something that's validation in some way, having that follower, or it's something that was such a hurdle and you got over it. For me, those are always the biggest wins. It's never about the sale or the numbers. I always find yeah. the wins in those yeah. other sort of external places. And so I love that that's also what you chose because I, I, I relate so much to that. I think sometimes we're, we're not able to make the celebrating and happy dance moments really possible without getting through the naysayers or the doubters. I, we've had our fair share of those. And so we're curious to know if there's a particular time that you proved a naysayer or a doubter or just somebody who was a thorn in the side on your business journey. Is there a time that you've proved them wrong or somewhere where you maybe went over an obstacle that felt insurmountable? Yeah. And I would say one of the ways was not exactly related to my business, but but the two things that came to mind with that question are my adoption and starting Be Still Tea, because both of those things were out of the box of what was expected of me. When you have four children and people hear that you are going to adopt a fifth, people are like, what? Why? And I had a lot of people I went to church with even um, back in Oregon, come and tell me that we should leave those children for people who can't have children. You already have so many kids. Like, why would you do that? And it, it was really, truly a very lonely road. And I didn't mention this as, as I was beginning that process and what sort of precipitated part of that decline into being suicidal was that I became very ill as we had just finished our home study. And so the megaphone of no support for the adoption was super loud, but we just knew that this was something we were meant to do and we could not square it away with some of the people that we loved the most didn't see it that way. And mm -hmm. so we, ha we had to just persevere on our own and just say, okay, we have to trust the calling. And it's the same with Be Still Tea. I went to college. I'm a physical therapist. I like being a physical therapist, but I had this dream. And I knew, I remember someone asked me as I was in my recovery, why do you think you were put on this earth? And it was like crystal clear in that moment when she asked me, she said, why were you put on this earth? I said, I was put on this earth to help other people find their own stories and go and live out their lives according to their callings. And that is what I was meant to. That's what Be Still Tea is about. And I had a lot of naysayers who were like, you already have a degree. Why would you go and do that? And why would you sell tea? Like, that doesn't even make sense. And the truth is that it doesn't make sense for them. 
It doesn't need to make sense for them. This is my story and this is my journey and my calling. And one of the biggest things I learned during that process is to be aware and to be weary of opening yourself up to people that have not earned a seat at your table and who were not present when you were called to do whatever it is you were called to do. Guard that. Be aware. Because a lot of times people project their fears onto your dream. And so you have to be really cognizant of who am I going to share this with? And that's really changed even as I progress in my business with Be Still Tea. I don't share a lot of my plans with hardly anybody because unless I know that they're going to be supportive, I'm already struggling with trusting myself. I think everybody does. And all you need is one comment, like, why would you do that? And then suddenly you're questioning it. But if in your soul that this is what feels right, then dang it, go do it. And you don't need the approval of anybody else for you to feel like you're doing the right thing. You just need your approval. And I'm not trying to be saying like, it's be reckless. I'm like, oh, throw all of your life savings at. I'm not talking about that kind. I'm talking about the gut soul assurance where you just feel it in your gut. Trust that. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that. I feel that is such an important way to approach people who might not understand. And and I, I never really put it in those words for myself. And I'm going to use that from now on because I often will hear people like the why or the confusion and it's, oh no, but this is, this is mine. This isn't yours. And I don't need that energy or that space projected onto me. I wish I had talked to you 10 years ago <laughs> and not really let people get to me in that way because I, I certainly did. And I certainly still do. But that's something that I could definitely use when I'm feeling like a doubter of myself or letting other people's doubt or even fears stand in the way of something that I want to do and I'm passionate about. So thank you. That was, yeah, Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to take that out into the world with me. (laughs) Can I also just say, I wish I had talked to myself when I was younger. I wish I had met the person I am today back then. Just because I, I was like you. I feel like most of my life was lived with that awareness of what is expected of me externally and meeting those expectations. Mm -hmm. And it's really, truly uh, a journey. And I know it could sound like I've been doing this for years. I started Be Still Tea in the middle of a freaking pandemic, honey. In 2020, it's been a year in March that I started Be Still Tea. And Mm -hmm. it's taken so long for me to get to the place where I'm like, oh no, I know what I'm about. And other people don't know, but I know, and I get to tell the story because it is my story. And I think being able to own that, which is why I think is so central to what I share with people on my platform is owning your story, what you come from, all the nuances that make you, that's your money right there because that's what makes you unique. That's your story. 100%. But yeah, that's so powerful. And that is, it's so amazing that you were able to start in 2020. I know that must have been both exciting and also really (laughs) scary. Um, I guess sometimes exciting can be scary. So a perfect wrapper on it. But I think it's a weird, it's such a weird time for everything. But at the same time, I think if we look at it as opportunity and just approach it and embrace it, then I think that's that's why we're all still standing here today in 2021. Like the business is still here. We're still going because we've embraced it and we didn't 
resist it so hard, the change. And I think for me, that was a big lesson learned. And it sounds like for you, it was, it was very much like an embrace of it. And you're just like, nope, this is what I'm doing. And I'm going to keep charging forward. And I'm going to adapt. I'm going to, this is, I'm now on social. And this is a priority for me. And so I think that's, yeah, that's very powerful. It was the only way I could tell people about me <laughs> was social media when everything was closed. That's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's right. It's like, it's, yeah, it's become our screens have become the conduit to uh, (laughs) existence anymore. Maybe this will sit a little differently for you because you only had a business in the pandemic. But I'm wondering if there's any decisions that you made as a result of the pandemic for your business that, or maybe the best decision that you made as a result of the pandemic for your business. What did that open up for you or what did that push you towards? I had a captive audience and Everybody was stuck at home and our only connection to the world was either through social media or through just FaceTiming people or whatever. And I literally feel like the pandemic made me have to really put those big girl panties on and start making videos and get used to talking to people and clarifying what my story was, clarifying what my message was, clarifying what I wanted to share with people. Because again, that was the only outlet I had for people to know, number one, who I was, number two, what Be Still Tea was about. And so I remember that very first, in fact, my very first social media post had a typo in it. (laughs) And I was just mortified when I realized like, oh my gosh, I suck. Look at that, the first one. And I was so hard on myself, but I left it. As was, because I think it's important for people to know that beginnings can be messy and really challenging and definitely not perfect. But beginnings are important because it's a beginning. And I remember at the very beginning, I literally hated making videos. I hated like listening to myself and hated, I would get so nervous. I literally would put paper towels under my armpits before I made like a video. And then I would try to edit it 500 different ways. And then with time, I just settled in and realized, hey, this is your story. You've got this, this. You don't need to rehearse this. And I feel like the pandemic helped me to be braver about sharing my story and realizing that, hey, I'm out here trying to help other people to find their own lives, help other people to be courageous in their own stories. And if I was going to be chicken about it, then they were not going to hear that message. And so between the captive audience of having everyone at home and constantly looking for things on social media, I had an opportunity to begin talking, to begin sharing. And it allowed me to connect with my enjoyment of creating creative content. Like I love taking pictures and I love creating fun videos when reels came out and using clever songs to put together a whole story. And before I probably would never have done that. But that sort of allowed me to embrace that side of myself to say, hey, I really enjoy that. I love it. And people resonate with it. And so I challenge myself to do that. And like you said, yeah, it's an interesting question because I've only known my business in a pandemic. But I feel like the pandemic was the time for me to start because people really needed to learn how do you sit with yourself and sit with your emotions, especially when they're hard emotions, right? Most of us want to just run from that. And so we numb ourselves by eating or watching TV excessively or scrolling on our phones all the time. And I hoped that if they were scrolling, they may find something that will allow them to feel joy or 
allow them to connect with themselves in a way that maybe they hadn't thought possible. That's really beautiful. Are there things that you're really itching to do or looking forward to once the world is opened back up again? Interesting because when I, like I said, when I began, social media was definitely not on my plan of things. In fact, I didn't even research anything about it because I was like, oh, this is going to be a non-entity. And then here it became everything. And so it's been a challenge for me as we're walking towards opening things up, re-clarifying for myself, okay, how do I want to progress with the people that I can meet with? I have aspirations to be a, a speaker. And speak at different conferences and stuff. I'd love to be able to speak for adoption and just speaking for entrepreneurs and as a mom, right? There's just so many layers to my life and not only being one dimensional about things, but my vision for my business is ultimately to be able to make stillness go viral, where we have all these people having a practice of learning how to sit with themselves because good Lord, we're all so good at running from ourselves and projecting and wanting to be more concerned about what is happening with everyone else. And we don't stop to take care of ourselves and listen to our own lives. When you're carrying anxiety, what is that about? Is that about you? Is that something that's your responsibility? Can you take care of that? Instead, we're just always running outside of ourselves to find whatever it is. And so my ultimate goal would be for to have a whole world of people who have created practices of learning how to be still with themselves, with their stories, with with how they want to show up in the world and making sure that who they are presenting as is in alignment with who they really want to be in the world. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Shiny Objects. If you enjoyed it and want to hear more, We'd appreciate you subscribing and reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. We'd also love to hear what you're going through. Send a 30-second audio clip to hi at shinyobjects.live and we may feature you on a future podcast. Thanks for listening and come back soon.